All right, if you would, please take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I guess it shouldn't be amazing, but it really is amazing as you read the Scriptures and you learn doctrinal things, how often God will give us practical application to help us to say, okay, this is what's true. This is doctrinally what's correct. Now this is what you should do about it. This is how it should affect your life. And uh, with our uh, student ministry, we've been going through Romans, and we've come to chapter 12, and you see in the first two verses, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And what's amazing, you see some amazing truths throughout the book of Romans. Um, some of the most amazing stuff in Romans chapter 3 about how even though we were sinners, there's none that doeth good, no, not one, that Jesus Christ died for us on the cross, that He is our propitiation. He is our righteousness. And now that we're saved, God says, I beseech you by the mercies that I've had upon you, that you present your body to me a living sacrifice. And uh, we went through and talked about how sometimes you get this... Um, kind of ethereal, I want to live for the Lord, or you hear a young person say, I, I gave my life to Christ, or I surrendered my life to the Lord. And that can be real general. What God says is, surrender your bodies. So the things that you put in front of your eyes, the things that you listen to with your ears, what you do with your hands, where you go with your feet, uh, that should all be surrendered to the Lord. And we ought to live, present ourselves a living sacrifice and only believers can do this. He says, brethren, by the mercies of God, only a saved person can submit all of themselves to Jesus Christ. And then verse 2, we see that there's only, there are only two things that are going to happen in your life. Either, as a believer, you will either be conformed to this world, or through the renewing of your mind in God's word, you will be transformed to be more like Christ. And ultimately, we will be conformed. God says He has predestinated those who are saved. We are predestinated to be conformed to the image of His Son. And it's interesting, there are only two things that you can conform to in the Scriptures. There are only two things you can conform to. You will either be conformed to Christ, or you will be conformed to the world. Those are the only two options. Uh, really interesting. And a, a great challenge there from verse 2. And then we can know what the will of God is. We can know that God's will is perfect. We can know that it's acceptable to Him. We know that it's good. And we can prove the things that are God's will. Uh, we don't have to float through life in our Christian walk uh, trying to um, uh, figure out, well, I don't know if this is God's will for my life or that's God's will for my life. Well, God says, prove it. Prove it. Now, are there going to be times when you have no idea what God wants you to do? Absolutely. But a lot of times... God is very clear on, on what He wants for our lives. And so we looked at that. And uh, we'll come back possibly in the student ministry to verses 3 through 8. But for tonight, we're going to skip down to verse 9. We're going to skip down to verse 9. And we've got seven actions that will demonstrate a practical Christianity. Seven actions. Now, the students in here are thinking, <laughs> he's got seven points. <laughs> he's going to get through like two of them. Is that what you guys are thinking? Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. Um, we've got seven points, 
but it's just really just taking it line by line. Uh, and so let's, um, let's pray, and then we'll start reading in verse 9. Lord, thank you for your word, and thank you for how just unbelievably practical it is. And I pray, Lord, you'd help us, uh, help this to impact just our daily life and help this to impact the week that we have upcoming here with you, just being mindful of your word and being obedient to it, Lord. Um, I ask for your help in preaching and teaching this, and we just acknowledge our need and dependence upon you. We ask you this in your name. Amen. All right, verse number 9. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. It's that right there mainly why I worked in youth ministry. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. Now this is the part of the verse that we all get excited about. For in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Alright, let's start back in verse 9. and Let's look at seven actions that just need to be demonstrated in our Christian walk. The first action is loving. Loving. Uh, verse 9 says, Let love be without dissimulation. You know, as believers, our walk with the Lord and our interaction with, with each other should be, it shouldn't be faked. Uh, this word dissimulation, to dissimulate means to hide under a false pretense. It'd be like this. Let's say Anthony had a, uh, what's a really cool year for a Mustang? You got car guys, help me out. Yeah, 65. That's what I was thinking, too. Um, if Let's say Anthony Bermond had a 65 Mustang. His dad got it for him. And I'm a senior in high school. He's a senior. And I'm thinking, you know, I don't really like Anthony that much. But I am going to be a chick magnet if I get rides to school with him. And so I'm like, hey, Anthony, you know, you play trumpet and band. And, you know, I'm a drummer. And, uh, man, I really, uh, I think you're my best friend. Hey, can I have a ride tomorrow? <laughs> That would be dissimulation. Me acting like I'm his friend to get something out of him or to get something advantageous for me. It's, it's under a false pretense. Um, it, it'd be like you trying to be the teacher's pet, but you really hate that teacher. <laughs> just so you get a good grade. So love him. You know, don't be a teacher's pet just to get a good grade. Do it because you love him, <laughs> I guess. Um, no, but seriously, this loving, it's without dissimulation. It, it shouldn't be fake. Um, the second half of this verse, he says, and when we love Christ without a false pretense, when I love the Lord without dissimulation, look at what it leads to in verse 9. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. <clears throat> so Anthony and Josh, why don't you guys come on up here? Josh, you want to be evil or good? Okay, Josh is going to be evil. Your parents have taught you well. <laughs> and Anthony is going to be good. So you come over here on my evil side, and you come over here on my good side. 
Usually that's the, where the angels are talking to me. Okay. When I do stuff. The Bible says I'm going to abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good when I love without dissimulation. And that's one way that I'm demonstrating I love Christ. Now, if this is evil and this is good, how many of you teenagers would say abhorring is me going, well, I, you know, I like doing what's right, but sometimes, man, it's really fun doing wrong. Oh, yeah. And it, does this look like I'm abhorring evil right now? No, no. What about, uh, what about if I just get a little ways away from it, but I, I kind of like, kind of like doing good stuff more than I like doing bad stuff. But every once in a while, like, if I, I got evil close enough that if I want to jump back to this one day, I can do that. Is that abhorring? No. You might want to turn me down just a little bit. All right. Abhorring. Would be like this. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You can sit down. <laughs> you know that part of the Bible that says he's going to leave father and mother and cleave unto his wife, you know, leave and cleave. Abhorring evil, this is a leave and cleave situation. We, God wants us to abhor evil. The culture, and here's where this is so practical. Our culture does not want you to hate evil. If you hate evil... You're just a hateful person. They, they, they call you a hate monger. God says, abhor evil. The stuff that I hate, I want you to hate it. If you hate it, you won't do it. The world does not want you to hate evil. They want you to have a lukewarm, um, just a like, well, I know that it's wrong, but sometimes we just disagree, and that's what he thinks. God says, abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Man, run and jump to it and, and, and cleave uh, the good stuff that God has for your life. So loving without dissimulation. Abhorred actually means to hate extremely. To hate extremely. And do we hate evil? Then number two, not only loving but preferring. Look at verse number 10. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. You know, I've got two brothers. And really, I can't think of anything that my brothers can do to me that would cause me to stop loving them. And when I see them, um, you know, I get to see my, my uh, older brother a couple times a year. Um, it's, it, it's always, you know, I usually hug him before we uh, leave to, to the next time we see each other. But there are just certain things that you can... You can talk about with your brother or certain ways in which you can communicate. Mainly when we were younger, it was, I shot you. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I got you. You were behind the tree. No, I wasn't. It was that kind of stuff, right? We were playing sniper or commando or whatever. And uh, my brother would lay in the flower, neighbor's flower bed. And then the old lady would come over and say, Is that one of your kids was laying in my flowers? And my older brother went, It wasn't me. And I'd be like, I knew nothing about it. Came to find out years later that it was my older brother. Any of you parents go through that yet? You like your kids grew up, and you're like, really? The whole family mystery is just solved because we found out 25 years ago you were the one that did that. Any of you parents you've been through that? My mother? Yes. Okay. Um, when in doubt, it was Benji. Um, 
Want to hear how my, me and my brother was around Halloween? He got this dumb mask that the eyes lit up, and uh, he had all the lights out in the basement. He said something. He somehow he convinced me to go down into the basement when all the lights were off. And I must have been less under ten years old. And he came out with this hairy, freaky Halloweeno mask, and it was the lights were blinking red on it, and he's raw, and I was mad. <laughs> But preferring one another. When you look at the scripture, it says, Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. Um, You know, like Proverbs says, There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. That's Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ. And it says, In honor, preferring one another. Um, As Christians functioning in this local church, we ought to prefer others above ourselves. And, you know, uh, when Brother Dalton Robertson was here and preached on that Wednesday night about humility... And he, and he showed us the verse that only by pride, only through pride cometh contention. You know, there's, when, when contention is in, amongst believers in a church, it's because there's pride. And if they would prefer one another and try to look and, and encourage and, and lift each other up, um, it, it would relieve that contention that would go away. So we've got loving, we've got preferring. Um, also, notice, um, especially teenagers, notice this. Be kindly affectioned one to another. I mean, people in this world can be hateful. They can be mean. You know, it'll help you so much when you're just kind. It shows respect. It shows that you care about this other person. And it's a good godly testimony. Be kind. I want you to think about this. Think about the people that Jesus was kind to. Now, there were some religious leaders that he ripped their faces off, called them snakes, vipers. But how did he treat a woman that had been married five times and the guy that she was with wasn't her husband? How did he treat her? Unbelievably kind. That's Jesus Christ. And so how do we treat people that are different than us? How do we treat people that may come, that we look at their lives and we're, they, we think, well, they got a smaller house than I do, or... They definitely make less money than I do or, or whatever. How do we treat people? Are we kind? Are we kind? You know, for me, it's mostly like, man, they're just not as strong as I am. It's usually my, that's my burden. That's I bear. You can laugh. That was funny. Number three, then serving. So we got loving, preferring, and then serving. Um, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. All right. I want to show you guys a sloth if we can, if this works tonight. All right. So, uh, Noah, give me that video there. I want to introduce you guys to a sloth. It had been a little while since I've seen one, but if you'll just go to the next slide on the projector here, we'll see if we got it. That is one of the most extraordinary plant. And just remember, when you talk about sloth, you have to say it like this. It's one animal that I don't need to sneak up on. Ooh. This extraordinary creature is half blind, half deaf, and this is just about as fast as it can move. That's what's going to happen to you if you live on nothing but leaves. Vegetarian. It's a sloth. It's not exactly an enthusiastic leaf eater. A couple of half-hearted chews and the leaves go straight down to its stomach. Leaves, however, are not easily digested. The sloth's technique is to give them time. 
Okay, you can go to, you can stop it there. Then, eventually... It's so funny, those BBC people, they're like, welcome to the sloth. Uh, the, it's a little more Australian, I guess, but... God says, don't be slothful in business. I love some of the things he pointed out. The slothful, he's like, this creature, it's half blind. It's half deaf. <laughs> like, in serving the Lord, Christians sometimes can be slothful. You see how fast that thing was moving? And you can tell because he's there narrating it. They're not speeding the camera up or slowing it down. The thing moves about 0. 0.105 miles an hour. Just, you know, there's food for it. You guys are wondering if I was going to eat that, weren't you? <laughs> the other thing is, uh, verse 11, not slothful in business. Man, as a believer, your outreach, your discipleship, and this is convicting to me, you know, my outreach, my discipleship, my study for the Lord, my witnessing, my, uh, you know, obedience to the Word of God. When God says, you know, lays before me something, my obedience to it, is it slothful? Do I look like that creature right there before God? And what's funny is they only, they're so slothful, they go to the restroom once a week. I, I just thought I'd throw that in. It was very interesting. The BBC, you learn all kinds of stuff for them. Like, they're so slothful that, that that's what they do, man. It's just, wow. Slothful. What's the opposite of this? fervent in spirit serving the Lord. Are you excited to serve Jesus Christ? You know, I love it. Um, teenagers came out for outreach uh, yesterday and uh, we, we got over 200 door hangers, I think, out um, just yesterday. I mean, it's so fun to see them excited about serving the Lord. And I love it. Uh, we got had choir practice tonight. And to see everybody come and, and that's in the choir and participate in that and, and be excited to sing for the Lord and, and have special music here in December, um, it, it's great. What about your service? Are you slothful in business? And, and I think that that definitely applies just not only to your service for the Lord, but he says, don't be slothful in business. The, the way that you work at work, is it a testimony of fervency for Jesus Christ? Or uh, like when it comes to your, your, um, your homework and, and getting things turned in, are you slothful in business? And again, we talked about this Wednesday night. Not all of you have to get straight A's, but you ought to do your best. You ought to be fervent in spirit serving the Lord, being the best testimony for Him that you can. Um, there's nothing else greater in our lives that we can do than serve the Lord. So then, number two, um, we've got loving, preferring, serving, and then uh, rejoicing. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. If you remember what biblical hope is, um, you know there were a bunch of people that just put their hope in winning the lottery this past week. And I love what Dave Ramsey says. He says it's a tax on poor people and you're more likely to get hit, struck by lightning six times and live than you are to win the lottery. All right. You say, well, there was a winner. Did you win? Do you know anybody that won the lottery this week? Do you, do you know? Okay. He says our world, they hope for something. They hope. The biblical hope is... I know that this is going to happen. It just hasn't happened yet. I just haven't seen it. Um, Romans, hold your place here. We're, look at Romans 
Romans chapter 8, verse 24 says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? So if I see something, I've realized that it's no longer hope. It, it's uh, right there in front of me. I, I'm not hoping. I don't have to have faith in that. It, it's, it's right there. And so hope, the, the scripture says we are rejoicing in hope. What are you hoping for? Are you hoping for the return of Christ? You know, as this stuff goes on with the Middle East, you know, the UN can recognize Palestine as a state all they want. Man, we have biblical hope that Jesus Christ has a plan for what's going on in the Middle East. And he has a purpose. And he will see that come to pass. It's my hope. My hope is in the Lord. Um, what about for other areas of our life? Are we hoping in Christ? Then he says, patient in tribulation. Patient in tribulation. You know what can steal our hope? What can steal our rejoicing? It's tribulation. When we get focused on what's going on, the difficulty in the here and now, that can cause us to stop rejoicing in hope, when we get focused on that tribulation. So, you know what we need for tribulation? We need patience. We need patience. So we've got uh, loving, excuse me, we've got loving, preferring, serving, rejoicing. See, you guys only thought I'd get through two of these. We are cooking. Verse um, number 13, or I'm sorry, verse uh, 12, the end of verse 12, continuing, continuing, continuing instant in prayer, continuing instant in prayer. Are we able to pray at any time? Let me ask you this. As a believer, do you have access to God at any time? Do you have access to God at any place? Oh yeah, I love uh, the psalm says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I send up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, but behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. You can't run from God. We have access to God. Our whole theme this year, come boldly at any time, any place, anywhere. But are there things that would disrupt our prayer life? Well, sin. Um, look with me at Psalm 66. Hold your place here in Romans. We'll be right back. But uh, this is really neat. Psalm 66. And this isn't a beat you up verse. It's an encouraging verse. Even though it mentions something that can disrupt our prayer life. Psalm 66. Verse 18, Psalm 66, verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. That sin can interrupt our prayer life. But notice what he says in the next verse. But verily, God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. You know what the psalmist found? He found forgiveness. He found that if he confessed his sin, uh, that God would wash him clean and he can pray at any moment, at any time. So to continue instant in prayer, we just have to make sure that we're right with the Lord. That we've confessed sin in our lives and make sure that, that we're continuing instant at any moment. We need to be able to pray and, and, and uh, look at First Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5. The end of this chapter of Thessalonians, there are admonitions that are much like, they're very similar to Romans chapter 12. Uh, but we'll just read a couple of the verses here. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16 says, Rejoice evermore. Remember, Romans said rejoicing in hope. And then verse 17, Pray without ceasing. Continue instant 
in prayer. So again, we see all of these things, these amazing truths that are, uh, um, are what God has told us throughout the book of Romans. Now he says, this is how you ought to live. Loving one another, preferring another one, one another, serving me fervently, and then uh, rejoicing in hope, continuing instant in prayer. And then notice um, with me, Romans chapter 12, distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. Distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. Distributing to the, necess- the necessity of saints. You know, it, it's not the government's job to provide for us. The scripture here says that, you know, when there's a necessity of a saint, the church ought to be the first one to step up in that area. And, you know, it's frustrating. And I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but um, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if our president uh, within the next year or two went down a route where he tried to take away charitable giving away from the, the tax deductions. Why would you do that? Who does that help? Does that help poor people that the church is trying to help? Does that help more Christians want to give? Now, whether they take away the tax deduction or not, the scripture here gives us the answer that if we have a saint that is of necessity, that they have a need, as believers, we ought to step up in the way that God has helped us and and help them where we can. So distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Um, And again, it's interesting as you look through, we look through this in in the, the student ministry, helping widows that are widows indeed. A widow that's a widow indeed. Well, if she's got a nephew or, or children at home, they ought to be helping care for her. And it's amazing how much the Bible would solve cultural issues if people would just follow what it says. Um, so, distributing to the necessity of saints. And then it says there, the second half of that also, by uh, given to hospitality. Given to hospitality. Uh, hospitality is the act or practice of receiving and entertaining strangers or guests without reward or with kind and generous liberality. So let me ask you guys. Are you friendly to people that you don't know? You say, my parents told me not to talk to strangers. (laughs) Well, yeah, if you're 10 years old, I get that, all right? (laughs) But... How do you treat kids that you don't know? Or how do you treat kids that sit at the other table? We talked this morning about cliques, right? Those kids in the cliques, like the awkward ones like that are Anthony, you know, in the awkward clique. That's what we found out this morning. Anthony's in the awkward clique. That's what his sister said. That I'm just saying. <laughs> how do you treat the other, those kids? Are you hospitable? Or if somebody sits down next to you, like, oh, I can't believe this kid. He smells like Pastor Nathan. Rank, you know, are we are we hospitable um, as adults? Are we able to entertain strangers? Now, listen, I'm not talking about the guy coming to your front door selling vacuum cleaners and all that jazz, right? Give him a track and get him on his way. But, <laughs> amen. Um, but are, are we hospitable people? Uh, man, what kind of Christian are you if if you never want to have people over your house? You never want to go out to eat with them? You just what a Buddy, duddy, man. We're supposed to be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Don't be a sloth. You know, be kind, hospitable to people. Um, so, 
continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints. If you look at this hospitality, look also at verse 15. Part of being hospitable, verse 15, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Um, Man, one, one of the things that has been very helpful for me in difficult situations that I've learned from pastor is that many times you don't need to say anything. Um, you know, I remember, I actually, did, for some reason, was thinking about it this morning when they, when they lost their son, Riley. I, I can't imagine losing Chloe right now. Just can't even imagine that. But, you know, he's been through that. He's lost a child. And one of the things that he's told me, you know, with funerals or somebody losing a loved one, is you just be there. You don't have to say anything. And with a mouth like mine, there's a lot of times I feel like I need to say something. You feel like, it, well, it's like, the way the key. Just don't say anything. Because what you say, it just, a lot of times it, this is not going to help. But you being there, rejoicing with those that rejoice, but also weeping with those that weep and just being there. I mean, that's how you can display Christianity in a practical daily way. And um, I know that, um, you know, we've got a real loving spirit here in this church right now. And, and many of you have been praying for these with, with hurting loved ones. And man, praise God for that. You're continuing instant in prayer and continue to distribute to the necessity of the saints. Um, not only verse 15, look at verse 16. Be of the same mind one toward another. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. What's interesting, we looked at it this morning, if you look over at verse 3, he says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. It's interesting, we have kind of narrowed the term sober to mean that you're not drunk. Well, here he's saying, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Instead, be sober. Don't be drunk with pride. Don't be under the influence of pride condescend to men of low estate. I mean, who are we? Who am I? You know, the Bible says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? That Jesus Christ, the God of this universe, would die on the cross to save a sinner like me? Man, how can I not, how can I think I'm any better than anybody else? And so he says, condescend to men of low estate. And, and I love it, man. Where else can you go other than a local church and have people from so many different backgrounds, so many different environments, and we all come, I love it, when we sing, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. And it says, um, I'm, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on the chorus right now. But it's like, uh, yeah, all who gather here by grace draw near and bless your name. Man, I about bawl every time we sing that song. Now, you guys are going to be watching for me to bawl next time I, we sing it. But I, I just want to cry because I'm the, you know what? Yeah, we're all gathered here. And I'm looking out as we're singing. I'm looking out at all of the people in all the different backgrounds and the different colors of skin and the different ages. And so, you know, every single one of us, when we come to the cross, the ground is level and we all approach the same way. doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter your intellect. It doesn't matter your, praise God, your athletic ability. Just come to the cross. All ground is level there. Man, how cool is that? So distributing to the necessity of saints involves being hospitable and kind and being humble having humility of mind. And then, um, you know what? We're just going to stop there for tonight. Uh, the, the other one is forgiving. The other one is forgiving. Teenagers, we'll talk more about this, but look at verse 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. 
if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Now here's the deal. Where Will there be people that persecute you for your faith and they don't live peaceably with you? Yeah. But that's on them. That's on their end. If you're doing what you can do to live peaceably with all men, that's what is acceptable to God. And so we'll talk more about forgiveness uh, next time we meet. But uh, to finish out here, verse 21, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. You know, it goes back to that transforming or conforming. Are you going to let evil overcome you? Are you going to let it so infest and infect your life because of your unforgiveness that you conform to this world and you say, i got to pay them back for what they did to me? Are you going to be overcome of evil? Or will you overcome evil with good? Will you be transformed by the renewing of your mind? Let's pray. Lord, thank you again for your word, just these eternal truths. And I I pray that it would help us to live uh, and be more like you this week. We thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen.